Live tonight on Race Time Radio, right from the ice-cold Race Time Radio studio. A little snow flying out there just to set us in the mood for another great night. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in the RTR studio. What's going on tonight there, Joe? Hey, we're here. It's snowing. Did you have a good time last night? I know it was the two-speed Christmas party in the new building. It was a lot of fun. Is it still standing? It's still standing. They tried to <laughs> knock it down with the uh, with the party, but uh, I tell you what, it was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. And and uh, yeah, no, it was it was cool. Caldecott Millwrights and and uh, CM Precision and and Two Speed all in one under one roof. And and uh, uh, yeah, it was just a, a great night all in all. And uh, had the OSS car in there. Yeah, um, the championship car. Yeah, and. And uh, they they might have fired it up. <laughs> they might have uh, have fired it up and and uh, and revved it up a couple times. Uh, but uh, man, what a uh, what a facility! It's it's coming together really cool. And and uh, yeah, it's cool. Tell me, Sean McGlynn didn't do a beautiful job on those floors. Hey, it's uh, it's cool, man. It's racers supporting racers with this company. And mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, uh, Sean McGlynn did the flooring, um, uh, poured the epoxy flooring. From from front to back, you can Looks check it out on cool. Two Speeds Facebook, and um, you know, poured just did a phenomenal job, and uh, um, you know, there's lots of stories like that. Um, you know, we the the front signage um, uh, actually came together. Um, they're they're a sponsor of of a sprint car, mm-hmm. um, Signorama. Uh, down in uh, in Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, they were referred to us by uh, by the guys over at GSR, uh, Terry and the guys. Um, the guys a sponsor on a on a sprint car, and and uh, they do the channel lettering and stuff. So, cool. man, the whole thing, just all in all, it's racers supporting racers, and and uh, it's uh, it's really cool. And and uh, yeah, th- for a Christmas party. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better place to host it in. Um, now we move in and we're gonna we're gonna dirty it up with some some machinery and and uh, hopefully cut some metal apart. When's the grand opening gonna be for the new building? It's looking like mid January. We're gonna have a like a, a grand opening. Um, it's gonna be cake. Yeah, there should be some cake. Well, I mean, uh, I'm gonna come <laughs> if there's cake. You hey, gotta get Corey to make some cake. <laughs> there'll be, uh, there'll definitely be some, uh, there'll definitely be some some goodies for sure. And um, yeah, once the offices get all complete and yeah. and uh, you know everything gets gets up and rolling, it's uh, it's quite a process, man. Maybe we'll do a race time radio live from. That'd TV be cool. Speed. That would be really cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Let me tell you who we got on the show tonight. What a stacked lineup of guests! Can't wait to uh, get everybody on. Of course. The NASCAR Canada Series got a brand new look now, and uh, they launched the schedule through the week last week, and man, a little bit of everything, definite changes in the wind. I thought it'd be a great idea to get one of the crafty veterans on the program and talk about the new deal sort of laid out by NASCAR Canada. Nobody better to talk to than DJ Kennington, uh, driver of the 17 Castrol Edge Dodge. 
He's going to join us right off the hop tonight. We'll also catch up with a guy that got his trophy from a championship uh, just last weekend. We have John Baker Jr. going to join us. Uh, John, of course, won won the title in the Ontario uh, Modified Division. Never had John on the show. Tonight we break that. He's coming on to join us. Uh, seen some of the uh, the comments on Facebook when I said, hey, John's coming on the show. And uh, I want to say the guy's name was Scott. He come on and said, hey, Joe, this is going to be the best interview you guys have had in a long time. Uh, John Baker Jr. is uh, really going to be a shining light tonight on the show. Looking forward to getting John on here. Then we're going to talk Cup. How about the Cup Series, the NASCAR Cup Series? Man, did it thrill us this year. Uh, we're going uh, to, to get Brad Moran on the show. Not only talking Cup, but how about this? He's going to be inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. Yeah, our guy. So uh, we're looking forward to having Brad Moran on the show tonight. And then off to the U.S. we go. And it's time to grab Rick Benjamin and whip him back onto the show and sort of see what's happening south of the border and what's catching Ricky's eye this week. we got a dynamite lineup, Junior. This is going to be a lot of fun. This will be a lot of fun, and uh, it should be pretty cool. There's uh, there's lots of stuff to preview. There's lots of stuff to uh, look back on. Um, this is this is a great part of the season, right? There's uh, there it, it's it seems like there's always new stuff popping up, and and uh, uh, it was definitely great to see the uh, the NASCAR Pinty series, the the NASCAR Canada series now right. uh, release uh, release some news and and release a schedule. Um, they're looking forward to catching up with DJ and talking about that. And, what were and, your uh, thoughts immediately when you seen the new schedule? You seen the new logo? Yeah, I I love the uh, the logo doesn't really matter to me as as much i love the fact that uh, there's uh, a, a new company um that is expanding their presence in the sport so you gotta you gotta take your hat off to that by the sounds of it there's a third company that uh, will eventually kind of filter into that mix um as well but uh Envirum, uh coming on board uh, last year with thomas nouveau and the number 24 car now expanding into not just a sponsor of the series but a title sponsorship role of the series nice um uh it, was was a really positive note for me. Um, I love seeing that. And, uh, you know, as a competitor, um, as a spotter, I, I made a post right away as soon as I seen the schedule. Um, seven oval races in a row uh, after one road course to kick the season off. Wow. Um, seven oval races in a row. It got me excited for sure. <laughs> um, you know, as a spotter, that's that's going to be cool. Um, uh it, it the the thing that jumps off the page to me is the logistics right mm-hmm. it's uh, uh this this season here is uh um the most mileage that uh, the the canadian series has ever had to put on right, right right now back in the day they used to go to vancouver for the indy they used to go to motoplex in 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 bc um but uh you know they've never had to go from alberta all the way to newfoundland mm-hmm. and uh you know i love the fact that it's truly national i hope that that really you know uh you know jumps off the page and and tsn and the the partners really jump on board with that right right um not the broadcast portion of tsn but i mean like sports center and 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 right. the actual sports content the editorial of, end of yeah. it yeah yeah um but uh um you know the i think that uh, um branching out like that is is going to be huge and and uh one thing 
I'm an Ontario guy. We've always had the privilege of wrapping up the season in Ontario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think back to the days, uh, you know, obviously it used to wrap up at Delaware for the longest time. Uh, then it went to Kawartha. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Jucasa. Then it went to Delaware. So I, we've had the privilege for the past, what, 20 years of experiencing the, the finale here close to home. Right, right. The series is largely Quebec-based. There's yeah. a ton of Quebec competitors. There's a ton of Quebec, Quebec companies and stakeholders in the sport. Um, I absolutely love the fact that we're going to wrap the season up in Quebec. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that it's going to be a game changer for the NASCAR Canadian series. I think that uh, just the way that the Quebec fan base embraces the sport um, and as well how the media embraces the sport over there. You know, I, I, you look at Victory Lane at Delaware or at Jucasa or one of them, um, and there would be a handful of, of cameras and there would be a handful of, of you know, reporters, um, you know, to cover it. Right. Um, when you go to Quebec, I don't care if it's Trois-Rivières, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, Chaudier or wherever it is, whatever track you go to over there, um, the Quebec media base loves and lives for racing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a huge statement for the sport, and I think there's going to be a big peak um, when it comes time for coverage, um, definitely in the French-speaking province. Um, and uh, I think that that's only going to benefit everybody that's involved. Oh, that's cool. So that's Junior's take on the new schedule. But let's hear what our first guest, well, let's hear what his take is. He's a crafty veteran, a multi-champion, a multi-winner, in the NASCAR Pinty's Canadian Tire Series and now NASCAR Canada, it is the driver of the 17, Castro Ledge Dodge. We got him. DJ Kennington. What's going on tonight, champ? How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing, bud? Any better than I'd be you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think so. I'm, I'm actually sitting in the van right now. I'm uh, outside a restaurant. We've been playing hockey all day today, and uh, now it's Chase's birthday supper, so... Uh-huh. Um, they're in there eating supper, and I'm here talking to you. Well, look at that. That's fantastic. Uh, that, that's how you lose all this weight, DJ. You step away from the table and join us on race time. Uh, so it's no hockey for you. It is a chase tournament this weekend, is it? Yeah, just games all over. He's been so busy with his uh, hockey stuff, and I, I help coach the team. And um, It's been a blast. I mean, I love doing it with him. He loves hockey. He's, uh, he's hockey crazy, so... I guess he's a true Canadian boy. Yeah, something like his old man, guaranteed. <laughs> Loving it. DJ, what do you think? We got a brand new look to the series. We got a brand new looking schedule. We got no sunset on there, but we got Riverside back in. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, like all back and forth. What's your take on what you've seen just uh, Thursday when everything launched? You know what? I, I hate losing racetracks. I really do. Like, I hate the fact that we're not going to sunset. They're great people. Um, always put on a good show. Um, <laughs> I don't run worth a dang there, but hey, um, I'm telling you, it, it's a good facility. But, you know, every time you lose one, you gain one. Uh, we're going back to Riverside, which, man, oh, man, what a racetrack, what a speedway. Uh, great people. The Chisholms are awesome, including you guys, too. Um, I mean, it's exciting. Uh, I heard Joe talking about the travel situation. Uh, it's going to be a lot. It's um, it's going to be a ton. I love how you said. I think there's seven or eight ovals or whatever in a row. That's good for me. Um, I mean, it's a national series. It's uh, coast to coast. 
Uh, Newfoundland puts on such a great show. Those people out there are phenomenal. Uh, the race fans are even better. Uh, they welcome us there. I know it's a hassle, you know, to, to get on the, the ferry, to get over there. It's a long way. But uh, when you have passionate race fans and good people, it makes it all worth it. Because that's why we do this stuff. So it's going to be fun. I mean, like you said, you know, we go to Newfoundland, then we go to Riverside, and then we come home. And I think we squeeze a dirt race in there. And then we go to the West Coast. Right. So, I mean, it's... Um, it's going to be crazy. Uh, the new branding, I think, is great. It gives us a national uh, read. Uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously the supporters of the series are very important. Calling it the Pinty Series was very important for the sponsors and for all they did for us. Um, and, and obviously still involved. I, I think it's great. But I think as, as the branding side of things go, and you call it NASCAR Canada, um, it just gives you, I think, a broader band. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. The Castrol uh, Edge. Dodge is getting ready. Uh, we're building new cars. Uh, we're excited about it, and uh, we can't wait to get the ball rolling. How many years is this now with Castrol and you? It's got to be right oh, back to the very beginning, right? Well, last year was our 30th, so this is 31. Um, I can't say enough. I mean, they're just great people. They've uh, The whole family, uh, the Castrol workforce, everybody at, at Wakefield, um, they make it all so much fun for me. They back me no matter what. We've been through a lot of highs. We've been through a lot of lows. Um, you know, Spark Power is back on board, which is amazing. They're great people. CIM Metals. Uh, we have so many good um, sponsors that, that help us make this happen. Brimstone Games. Um, they just keep coming. And with the schedule, with uh, the travel, with all the, I mean, it costs a lot of money. Oh, and yeah. um, it, it's a great series. Uh, the television's amazing. Um, we put on one hell of a show. I wouldn't rather race anywhere else. Um, I'm proud of it. And, man, 31 years. Uh, obviously, I'm proud of it, or I guess I wouldn't be here still. Absolutely, 100%. There's, uh, you, you got to be proud of it in order to stay in it for, for, for that long. Um, DJ, uh, uh, looking at, uh, uh, you know, the, the seven in a row, um, talking, you know, about the, the logistics and all of that great stuff. It's nothing new for, for the Penny Series to have races grouped together, uh, back to back to back, uh, really close together. Uh, you know, you think about the West Coast for the past, you know, uh, umpteen years, uh, where, where you've only got a few days to get the car turned around and, and 90% of the time you're using the same car at Edmonton and Saskatoon. Um, but you spend a day, a day and a half, two days even, um, you know, going through and doing the maintenance and, and doing that sort of thing. Um, but I've told a lot of people the maintenance that gets done, you know, between a race like Edmonton and, and Saskatoon um, is not the same maintenance that it would get going back to the shop, right? If it went back to the shop, uh, you, you get to take a much deeper dive. I know you try to you try to cover every base, but but really the the maintenance uh you know definitely is is uh, a tougher deal when you're on the road like that um looking at at the schedule for you um there's not a whole lot of time where the, those oval cars are going to make its way back uh to your shop and then and there's not a whole lot of time when they do make it back uh it, you know to turn it around does it seem to you that that you know you'll need to have instead of two oval cars now you you'd need to have three uh, does does that jump off the page? Does it change anything to do with the day to day operation of a team? The way that the schedule is laid out, uh, or 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 is it just going to be you know grin and bear it and go get it? 
you know what? It, it's uh, it, I think everybody pretty much has their primary car in this series that they, they like to use. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the bigger teams and so on do have a backup car a lot of times in the trailer. I mean, is your backup car as good as your primary car? Quite likely it is uh, for most of the bigger teams. Um, I don't even really know if you consider it a backup car anymore. Uh, they're ready to go. But the problem is the car you run all the time, you spend a lot more time on. Uh, you spend more time on, on setup. You spend more time on the scales, uh, on doing all the little things um, that make all the difference. When these cars are all so close together, um, you kind of get one car dialed in and you keep working and working and working on that car. So having to go to another car sometimes can be a little bit of a setback. But our plan, I mean, my plan for our team this year is um, to always have two cars 100%, hopefully identical, ready to go. Um so when we go to Newfoundland, we'll, we'll go there, we'll um, race a car there and quite likely run a different car at Riverside. Um, and then we'll try to turn that car around in between races to make sure it's ready to go as a backup in case something happens in the first race at Riverside. Um, it's just a, you've got to be so prepared, I think, that um, like just even engine-wise uh, for transmissions, rear ends, everything's got to be ready to go. Because uh, you don't have a lot of time, like you say, to do all that during the season. So right now in the off season is probably the most important time of the season. I think championships are won now um, by working in the shop to have everything ready like that. So that when you load up for that first race, you have two, or if you're lucky enough to have three cars loaded in the trailer ready to go, um, I think you're that much farther ahead. You don't have that in the back of your mind all the time saying, and I got to be really careful here. I can't take that chance. I can't do this. I can't do that because I need this car next week. So I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Joe. I mean, it, it's, it does bring a different element to it. Um, we are working really hard on our primary car from last year, plus building a new car, plus my backup car from last year. So technically, we will have three oval cars ready to go um, all the time, plus a dirt car. Um, and the only reason the dirt car is, is on its own is just because logistics again you don't have time to convert everything over and then convert everything back because we got to go to the west i mean you can do it don't get me wrong and guys will do it and those guys are phenomenal um it's just it's hard to not miss something when you're trying to be the best every weekend so it, it's a lot it's it's turning into um quite the preparation i would say over the winter to make sure that your stuff is ready and to make sure that you have everything you need in the shop so that if something does happen, you basically are ready for the next race. You're almost already a race ahead of time. Reverend DJ Kennington tonight. Uh, he's getting ready to go for 2024. And uh, it, everything from the Daytona 500 to what we see up here in Canada, that's what DJ has done. He has raced everything, I think, back to this past summer. Seen DJ in a late model, seen him in the Pinty Series uh, he was all over the map, and by the sounds of it, 2024 is going to look a lot the same as what 2023 uh, looked like this year. Only, DJ, you're probably going to hope on uh, uh, nailing a couple more victories in 2024. It's a tough deal. Uh, doesn't matter how you cut it. Even the, the, the regional series, like the APC series, the competition level keeps getting cranked up every year, and the field gets tighter uh, it, like you say, homework's all done at this time of the year, right? 100%. I mean, it's so tough anymore. 
last year uh Trayton had a phenomenal season man I mean he he waxed us they they showed us uh like they were prepared uh obviously very talented but came out and won seven of the races and I mean I've had years like that myself and it's uh that's tough to do it's really tough to do and um there's so much competition that you know there's so many guys and so many cars uh, and teams that can win each week that it makes it tough so that's what i love about it too i mean it, it's not easy people always ask you know like why why, why aren't you winning why aren't yeah. well you know what last year there was basically three winners for the season right so i mean it, it's not easy it's not uh, and then i go and run the abc race at delaware and you know we we're running really good and i mean god obviously caught up in a wreck but those guys like they do that stuff every week they're the best there is in ontario and I mean, they're hard to beat. You can't just go in there and think, wow, I'm I'm the man. We're going to go and show these guys how it's done because it just doesn't happen like that anymore. They work just as hard on their craft as we do on ours, and um, it's tough. So I enjoy that part of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to running a few more late model ABC races this year. Obviously, Castrol is a part of the series and uh, and obviously a big part of me, so I like to get out there as much as we can. And uh, I really, really, really um and pumped up for this season i mean i feel like we knocked on the door a few times again last year uh we struggled at the start of the season and really came on strong near the end and i can't wait uh to get things going here come may dj you have inspired a lot of racers across this country i've been around and uh seen different people come up to you and uh you take the time and you talk to different guys and you <laughs> Whether you realize it or not, you inspire a lot of race teams uh, right across this country. Who do you look to for inspiration? And uh, who was the guy that you looked up to as you got underway? Was it Junior Hanley? Have you ever worked with Junior Hanley, like one-on-one? Or who who did you look up to? Who was your guy? Man, oh, man, when I first started this thing, uh, we teamed up with Bob Hume. Um he was the original Castrol sponsor car, and uh, we helped him. He helped me. He taught me a lot about this series. Uh, it was Cascar then, obviously. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I tell him all the time, too. Uh, I used to go to Delaware Speedway on Friday nights, and I watched Doug Stewart. And uh, I always cheered for the orange number two. And uh, I was a huge Davy Allison fan growing up. I loved how hearing the stories of how he worked on his own stuff. Uh, build his own stuff and was capable of doing all that before obviously the cup stuff but he was so hands-on um just uh i mean so many different people obviously my dad is probably my my biggest mentor uh the man worked just tireless hours i mean i can't even explain to you how many hours that man has worked uh you know he, he was 4 30 in the morning going to work and didn't get home till nine o'clock at night pretty much every day of his life seven days a week and um I mean, if I worked half as much as he did, I'll, I'll be very successful. Uh, so just been so many people along the way that have helped me, that have uh, coached me. Bill Rouse Jr. Um, I mean, I raced with a lot of guys that were so talented. Uh, Dave Whitlock. Uh, my rookie year, I raced for rookie of the year in Castro against Peter Gibbons and Earl Ross. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, uh, they're, just, they're just, they're icons. I mean, those guys, probably one of the best race car drivers I've ever seen is Peter Gibbons. Um, I mean, just uh, a phenomenal time to get into the sport, to learn, to get to where we have gotten. Um, just had so much help. I mean, you just can't even name all the people over the years that have helped me get to where we've been and what we've done. And 
it's funny. I'll tell you a quick one. Um, working with Marty Gaunt, obviously running the Daytona 500 was a huge step for us. Um, for me personally, like a dream come true. Uh, unbelievable. Castro, Lord Co., everybody that made that happen. It was just such a, a dream. And then I'm down there working in the shop. We worked in the shop for, I don't know, I think over a month and a half prepping for Daytona and talking to Robbie Benton, which was the shop owner, mm -hmm. uh, about uh, the shop and so on. Just a gorgeous facility we were in. Well, here I come to find out that my very first, like my hero growing up was Cale Yarbrough. Uh, I love Cale Yarbrough in the 28 car, and that's how I kind of got to the 28 car with Davey Allison and, and so on. It kind of rolled along for me. Well, I'm finally making my dream come true of running the Daytona 500, and I find out that the shop we're working in was a shop that Cale Yarbrough built. Oh. And it was his shop. So, I mean, it was just a weird coincidence that, I mean, I was all for the Hardy's 28 car. Like, when I was six, seven years old, just, you know, couldn't cheer for him enough. And here I am getting an opportunity to run the Daytona 500, and we're using the shop that he built brand new for himself. So, it was a real cool deal. Um, like I say, I just look up to everybody. I see Junior Hanley still working his butt off these days, like, in the late model garage and so on. And I have so much respect for guys like that. And, Here's hoping that I can be the, the same way, still working, trying to help young guys when I, I get older, and I'm, I'm getting closer and closer. <laughs> no way. you still got lots of laps left in you, champ. I can guarantee it. we got Chase coming up. Yeah, he loves playing hockey at this time of the year, but he's going to be the future Castrol Edge guy. I can see that one coming. I sure hope so. He loves the racing, too, but his dad's got to get his butt in gear and get him racing some more. I mean... <laughs> just so hard for us in the summer like i say talking about our schedule and so on it's he races every tuesday night and it's just tough for me and it's not fair to him either because uh i mean he's a good little wheel man and um if he's i don't know where he gets it from joe but he gets a little hot under the collar it's got to be from his mother <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding uh, you've, never, you've never heard me get worked up on the radio before have you just no i oh, know it you never. know I, I spotted for you a few times dj you're very calm cool collected um you you take information very well too um you know yeah, you love you, you love being that. told uh exactly what to do behind the wheel of the race car I, if anybody ever spots for dj just make sure you tell him how to drive the race car oh too um, funny. When, i was scanned in when you guys were at your casa uh just amazing I'm tuned in, listening, and uh, Joe comes on the radio and says, Okay, DJ, white flag's out. DJ comes right back on, No, you're kidding me. Is that a white flag I've just seen? Why are you telling me that? Well, I am just splitting a gut listening to these two guys. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, some amazing times and the success that you continue to have behind the wheel of the 17 car. I can see a good season coming up, DJ. Uh, you're one of those guys. Any chance we're going to see you fire off in another Daytona 500, or are you going to concentrate everything in Canada? You stay tuned. Um, I'm not going to lie. There's been some some rumblings coming along here uh, that we might get a, another shot or two down the other side of the border. Uh, there's a lot of people working on that. Uh, maybe we got one more left in this before we're done, but uh, stay tuned. But I'll tell you right now, the boys, uh, we're all working really hard in the shop. Um, trying to get things ready to go and trying to be that much more prepared this season and hopefully we can come out of the gate flying. Well, pretty cool. When you earn your way, like you have, DJ, opportunity comes a-knocking and for good cause. You earn it each and every time. DJ, uh, you know, you. one final question here from me. What was it like the first race where the tires were rubber? 
Like, what was what was that like? Like, when they were steel wheels, you know, we're doing a lot of reflecting back on the show, so I, I figure the fans. But, like, when they were, with the transition from steel wheels to rubber wheels, what was that like? Yeah, I, I know it was tough. <laughs> um, it was tough. Um, you know what? I've gone through a lot of different tire manufacturers, too. And uh, it's funny. Uh, it, you laugh about that. It is a good joke because you think about stuff like that. And I wish I've kept track of all the different kinds of tires, all the different kinds of things that we've been on over the years <laughs> since I started 30 years ago because it's all changed so much. And I was just talking with my wife there not that long ago about how many different racetracks I've actually been to. And like, I think I've actually raced at over 130 different racetracks. Oh, wow. And, I mean, it's it's just it's, it's so fortunate, like so lucky. Um, you know, I can drive by a racetrack and say, oh, I've been there. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a cool situation for me, and it's all the people that have helped me over the years. Uh, you can't even name them all. All the volunteers, the, the crew guys, the uh, sponsors, the, the family friends, the families. Uh, it's just crazy, and I love this sport, and we're going to give her a hell of a go again for another year here, and we're going to try to get Castro back in the championship and back in victory lane right where they belong. Well, we love you too, DJ. Uh, you make this sport what it is, and it's guys like you. Uh, we just uh, can't thank you enough for not only the time tonight on Race Time, but all you do. Have a great holiday. Uh, we better let you get back in there so you can go pay the tab for everybody yeah, and uh, maybe, maybe grab a doggy bag. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll be talking to you a lot, hopefully, next season. Happy yeah. birthday, Chase. Yeah, you want to believe it? That's DJ Thanks, Kennington, the number 17 Castrol Edge Dodge. They don't quite make him much better than that DJ guy. Uh, he does such a good job behind the wheel, and uh, looking forward to see what he's got in 2024. I don't know if NASCAR, Joe, maybe you do, uh, did NASCAR launch many rules where guys are going to be able to save some money this year? Or is that uh, kind of passe? To be honest with you, I did, I, not, uh, n- nothing that, that is crazy jump off the page. Right, Like right. that's going to be a game changer. Um, uh, but but that being said, they, they always try to, uh, you know, input a little bit, uh, you know, on that front. But, uh, yeah, there's no there's – no, you know, fundamental changes that are that are going to jump off the page. It's not like when right. they went to brake races or, you know, like, things like that. Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, there are some, some different performance aspects that uh, um, I haven't even heard if they're finalized yet. Um, but uh, performance aspects uh, in the braking package and things like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether they've came to fruition or not. Um, uh are the fans going to see a, a dramatic difference in anything performance related? No, no. Um, uh, will the teams save money uh, by by going to a different braking system? No. Um, so I don't think that it's anything that's going to be a, a cost savings or a cost cutting. Um, but that being said, they didn't do anything that was crazy dramatic. Going to cost gonna, more, exactly. Right, right, so right. There is a new engine package that has been in testing. I know uh, uh, Daniel Bois had it in the car. Um, I don't know if, if every time he hit the racetrack last year, or just for a few, mm-hmm. um, there's a new uh, a Yates engine option um, uh, that uh, that is available. 
Um, and I don't know whether that is, um, you know, in circulation yet or not, but uh, um, like where everybody yeah. can have it. I just um, wondered if there but, was any that were uh, going to be cost savings. That's all. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, nothing, nothing that you know. Nothing of. over the top. Yeah. There you go. And I might add, too, we had some late breaking news on Race Time Radio at the end of the week. Uh, we will be live from PRI, uh, the big show, of course, uh, coming up. Uh, not next weekend, the weekend after. We will be live on December the 8th from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, live from the Hoosier Tire main stage at the Pierre Rice Show. We'll be live right here on Sirius XM Channel 167 to get you the latest from the show. And I wouldn't doubt I'll have an opportunity to at least grab a few minutes with Doug Gonder, the man at the top flying uh, NASCAR Canada, a good friend of race time, and uh, look forward to catching up with Doug. I guess I can ask him a bunch of questions at the show to see if we're going to see any kind of difference competition-wise on the racetrack with NASCAR Canada. But we're going to hit this break. When we come back, speaking of champions, we got one on the other side of the break. We got John Baker Jr. going to join us, the Ontario Modified Series champion. He'll join us live next, right here on Race Time Radio. Stay with us, everybody. Hey, Race fans, this is Larry Barrio, and you're listening to Race Time Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today, race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Explore the musical world of an American rock and roll troubadour on his very own channel. Tom Petty Radio. All of Tom's music, influences, collaborations. This is Tom Petty here on The Very Treasure Show. Heartbreakers hosted shows. Check out my show, The Breakdown with Mike Campbell. And more. It's Tom Petty Radio. Channel 31. It's all right. And in the SXM app, included with all trials and popular plans. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. From the high banks of Daytona. 
We cover it all. Ooh, that's going to be the mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake and bake, Cal. Woo, shake and bake. And here on Race Time Radio. And welcome back, one and all, alive tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. And uh, as mentioned before we went to break, we'll be live for a special Race Time Radio from PRI on December the 8th. That's a Friday, and we're going to be live on the air from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, and we'll get you the latest from the PRI show. I'm so excited to go. Uh, We're going to be live on the Hoosier Tiger stage, uh, and I'm looking forward to it, seeing uh, Nick Moncher and everyone from Hoosier Tire. And uh, if you're at racetrack and you're going to be at the show, make sure you stop on by that Hoosier Tire display and uh, all the pros will be there, uh, as they will for all the different representing companies that are at PRI. And uh, we've only got an hour, so we're going to have to slide as much as we can into that hour. But I will definitely try and give you a good overview of what you have missed if you're not going to make the show. If you are, don't forget to stop on by and join us that hour. I can well imagine we're going to have some top top guests uh, throughout the course of that hour. And I'm looking forward to uh, working together with Jim Trado. Jim Trado going to be there and uh, doing some stuff for Hoosier Tire on that stage and uh, looking forward to catching up with Jim Trado. Haven't seen him in a long time uh, since Daytona, uh, but it, it's uh, it's going to be something else. We're waiting on John Baker Jr. He is the champion in the Ontario Modified Class. Uh, he went and uh, claimed himself a title, and we're going to have him on the show. Good time to remind you, Quick Wick Firestarters, good supporter of Race Time Radio for uh, for years. And uh, this is the time of the year that those Quick Wick Firestarters come into play. If you're like me, i got a wood stove uh, here at my house. And uh, back when we were at the lake, I used to actually heat the house with wood and uh, had multiple fireplaces. I was lighting them all. And I spent a ton of money uh, for cords of wood, and I would split it up and make kindling and light the fires until the day I met Frank Wall from Quick Quick Fire Starters. And he said, try these, Joe. Just give them a try, will you? I had tried all kinds of different fire starters in the past, and, you know, none of them worked. Uh, And I thought, oh, uh, another fire starter. This would be fun. He gave me a package. I tried it. I'm telling you what, it was a game changer. And quick, quick fire starters work 100% of the time. I don't care if the wood's wet. Quick, quick fire starters will light it. And uh, I've never looked back. I've never made another piece of kindling. Uh, it's I, I use quick, quick every single time I light the fire, whether it be in the house here or I love lighting a fire outside too. Uh, We've got a fire pit out there. I use quick, quick every single time. And every single time they work, check it. Check them out. Uh, you, you won't go wrong. I can guarantee that. Quick Wick Fire Starts. You can buy them online at quickwick.com. Uh, but check them out. Please do that. And while I'm at it, i got to also uh, put a little plug out. we got a lot of snow happening outside the Race Time Radio studio right now. And my wipers are shot. Uh, i got to slide into Napa. This is the time of the year that uh, they've got absolutely everything you need, including new wipers. Uh, If I was out in Nova Scotia, I'd be stopping into uh, any of the Napa stores out there, but specifically 
Andy Ganesh, Fred Hawksbury are in Glasgow. Uh, Todd Robertson and his brother actually own those stores, and they support Race Time Radio. Uh, but stop by your Napa store and uh, get yourself some new wipers. It's kind of cool when you can see the traffic coming, Junior. It's a lot handier. It sure is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, thank you very much for the support as well from, oh. from Napa and, and those guys, Todd, such a great group. Uh, uh, I imagine I'll get a chance to, uh, to meet Todd. Um, I've never met Todd. Oh, um, he's a hoot. But when we go out to Riverside, yes. um, the one really cool thing about the penny schedule is mm-hmm. the back to back deal at, at Riverside. Yeah. You know, the Saskatoon, uh, race has always been a, a twofer, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, but they took 125 laps and they split it into two day or or into two, two races. separate races on one yep. day. Yeah. This is a whole different program. Sure. This is, is going to be two wicked races at Riverside, two separate days. Right. Um. And uh, I think it's going to be a game changer. I think that uh, a double header weekend is uh, just what the doctor ordered. Um. For for that place. And by the sounds of it, there's going to be a bunch of supporting series as well. Oh, um, yeah. So it, I hope it's, I hope it's a way different look than what we've seen in the past. I guarantee you, it will be. Uh, Joan has done a phenomenal job with Riverside, and uh, oh, she's got a great track to work with, bunch of great people, and uh, I guarantee you, this time around, uh, the NASCAR series, NASCAR Canada. Uh, you are absolutely in for a great time. So are the race fans. You'll want to get your tickets early as soon as they come on sale because I wouldn't doubt those babies will sell out. But what do you say we catch up with our next guest? He is a champion in the Ontario Modifieds. His name, John Baker Jr. He joins us on the uh, Zoom line right now. What's going on, 63? How are you? It's spectacular. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. A good season for you, John. Away you go. You get your title. Oh, a spectacular season. We uh, we tried a bunch of different stuff. I got some advice from a couple other big names in the sport um, who were nice enough to share some information, and they gave me a hand with some different stuff to try and was uh, successful in trying some other stuff and learned a bunch more stuff, and you never finished learning. I realized we get to turn left all the time. We go straight and turn <laughs> left and do it again, but there's never an end to what you can learn, and I'm just excited to have friends in the community that are willing to offer me some advice as well. You know, John, back when I owned the Speedway, I had Sobel for 14 years uh, in in charge of putting the rules together for the classes. And uh, it used to always astonish me. We didn't make rule changes in this class or that class. We hadn't made changes in a couple of years. But every year, the same cast of guys would come out. No rule changes. Yet, when you look at the speed charts... They were breaking records. They broke the speed record this time. They topped that one this year. And I, I was always amazed. You know, nothing changed. How did those guys find speed? But that's what you guys do, right? You do your homework in the off season and you pick up speed. You know, uh, it's, it's nice. The, the, the community of racers that is specifically in my club, but as well, a lot of other racers in different division stuff seem to be okay with sharing some information. Everybody wants competition. Everybody wants to go out there and have a blast and, you know, try and be run, be at the front and stuff, get it, get your sponsors names out there and get the car out there and, you know, make the fans happy. That's awesome to do all that. And at the same time, you can't help, but naturally end up going faster because 
if you can put down another tenth of a second, then I got to try harder to get another tenth. And ultimately, the the guy that's chasing you or you're chasing is your best motivation. And it just forces everyone to try different stuff and reach out and try and learn a little bit more. It's fun. It's fun for me. Which one do you rather be, John? Do you rather be the rabbit out front being chased or do you like being that guy chasing down that leader to get him? Which one do you like to be better? Um, I like, I like getting to the front. I like, I like getting up to the front. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that the half, half of the glory is the battle getting there. So you like, you, you like being a guy that's chasing. Yeah. Like in our club and other divisions also, they do the fast cars to the back. You win the feature the week before your penalty is to start at the back. And obviously it, it increases the show for the spectators, but I mean, or keep you on your toes because you don't know what everybody else changed during the week. If everybody else goes a little bit quicker, what you had last week might not be enough again. And, you know, and then at that point, you better be mentally willing and able to be happy with your fifth place finish or second or eighth or whatever, because that day, those tires, that condition, the way that the lineup went, the, the mistakes you made or the benefits you got from someone else's mistake, that's where you finished. So you need to, need to be pretty humble on a regular basis in this sport, I think. And lots of times, uh, you are no different than the other guys. You get a fast car, you're setting fast time in practice or qualifying, back to the pitch you go, and you guys just have to monkey with it to try and make it better, and not always does that work out. Uh, are you one of those guys, too, that, yeah, you're going to try and just go a little bit more, and whoops, guys, we went the wrong way. So, quick funny story. Uh, the, the, my girlfriend, fiance. Well, sorry. When you watch this, it's fiance. Yeah, yeah. Um, she gave me a hand. She gave me a hand milling out a bracket, and we made some different rear suspension stuff on a on a bit of advice from another person. Put it in the car and went out with the car, and it was horrible, hopeless. So I, I fought through for fifteen laps, and I come in, and of course she comes over the car. She's learning the sport and how it works. And she's like, oh, figuring she's a little upset, not got a smile on, right? And I made her run the milling machine. It was kind of fun. <laughs> she's not smiling. I'm smiling. And she said, what's wrong with you? I said, listen, we made that bracket and we made that all shorter. Apparently, we needed to make it all longer. <laughs> so although the car didn't go better, the week after the car went better. So, you know, I mean, I'm not against tinkering and trying stuff every single time we go over there. Absolutely. Tinkering and it's, it's, it's not broke don't fix it right it, it, but but not in racing that's that's it's always broke the the, the race car is always broke you always got to fix it because it, 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 otherwise it's no fun i agree john uh, uh there's been uh i've watched you race a lot of times i've probably said about three words in person to you um and for no reason other than we just haven't crossed paths um, we haven't, you know, I've, I've seen you race at Peterborough Autumn Colors. You know, I don't venture over to Peterborough all that often, uh, but, but I've watched you at Peterborough Autumn Colors since I was, you know, a, a young lad. Um, and, and I think back to some of the races uh, that I've seen you in. Obviously, you're in Modifieds now, uh, but uh, you were the, the number 63 uh, orange and black car back at Kawartha. Uh, you, you know, in the super stock division, or I, I think they called them Thunderstocks back then. Uh, you've yeah, had a long tenure in the sport. Yeah. You've had a long tenure in the sport, um, and and you've always been. Uh, you know, there's fan favorites for the showmanship side. There's fan favorites for the sportsmanship side, and then there's fan favorites for the action on the racetrack side. 
you kind of cover all three of those, and I don't know how you oh, do thank it. You. I don't know how oh, you do man. it. Like you, you are you're you're one of those guys that 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 race drivers should kind of emulate because you have you have a a you know a, a, a love from the fan base um, that uh, a lot of racers would would you know really die for. <laughs> they 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 would want that. Um, how, how talk a little bit about your background because this is your first time on RTR. But talk about your background and and how you've got to the modifieds. Cool, how to get to the? I pretty much got asked not to race the undercar street stock anywhere else, and kind of limited my options down to traveling down to Evans Mills. Then I went down there and uh, had a ball, but it was a long drive, and and uh, come back and then worked a deal where I was allowed to go play Oscar, and then I could travel. I was not allowed to play at Sunset and Superstock and. Peterborough really didn't want me. Of course, they shut down. Mossport tore the place up to get rid of me. <laughs> so then it was time to try something different. And I was sitting at a hockey game. I'm not a hockey guy at all, but I was at a hockey game, and Dave ended up being there, and he sort of sold me on try the Oscar thing. And I'd done a model multiple years before at Mossport, and it was fun, but it just didn't seem to do what I wanted back then. And then I went and did the Oscar for a year, and uh, the Oscar thing, I had a ball. I enjoyed myself. I won arms colors. It just, uh, it, it was just a little bit out of my price range. I, I, I want to go to the racetrack and I want to enjoy myself and I want to make decisions in racing that benefit myself and as well put on a good show. And I don't want to be thinking about how I absolutely got to, you know, I don't know, bump and run the guy to get that extra 20 bucks like some people try to drive. And I, I'm not into that. I'd rather run what I can afford and that's where the OMRS modified is the cast meow for that. It's they keep us on retread tires. The the people that run our rule book and stuff like the top dogs and they they do their best to really rein us back because race car drivers were our own worst enemy. If we had five dollars, we'll throw away ten to try and get an extra three. So these guys do a great job in our club and and it's a very familyish environment and atmosphere and so that's kind of where we ended up, how we are now, I guess would be the best way to word it all. 2023 Ontario Modified Series champion, John Baker Jr. John, is this your first championship, or how many have you got? Well, we've we've ticked the box off in the champion in multiple divisions at 19 championships now in my 28 years of playing circle track car. Wow, that's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I know we have, a, we have a pretty good resume. I've had a lot of fun, made a lot of success, made a lot of friends, seen a lot of people come and go. Um, like it's, it's 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 been it's been a wonderful ride, to be honest with you. I I, I probably to answer some of that relate to the fan bases. I'm on just as much of a ride when I'm at the track as other people. I have guys that I'm a diehard fan. I run up to, to the grandstands to watch it run. Like I would I would stop working on my car to go watch. Uh, Gord Shepard or J.R. Fitzpatrick to go watch them guys at the fence, man. I'm I'm up. I want to see them run. So I I think part of my fan basis thing is I'm just as much of a fan as I am a driver. And and like I always say, I, I have the opportunity to drive. I have amazing sponsors. I have great family support. I have good friends to help as well, like family friend support. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be doing it. So I maybe that's part of what helps me with the spectator part of it. I I, I can see their I, I see it from their eyes. Well, and you do a dynamite job, I gotta say, my friend. Uh, is there more of the same for 2024? Is the plan to go defend that championship? Get another? Well, to be honest, the motivation for next year, uh, Bill Pickford was my buddy, 
and he passed. Mm -hmm. And I have the last ever built by Bill's hands motor in my car, which I hold quite a lot of pride to the power that thing makes. And uh, I've had to share the Bill Pickford Memorial with other competitors because it's a split race and you don't always know when you're going to fit, where you're going to finish. And uh, I'd like to win that title hands down by myself. And when I do do that, that's probably when I'll plan to switch to something else until that those Omer S guys are stuck with me. They're, nice. uh, they're going to have to put up with me for a while or maybe not. Maybe I'll win it this year and then flip a coin at the end of the year. <laughs> well, fans are going to win either way. Sponsorship on that 63 has got to play a key role. Who you got? So we're hopefully everybody comes back. We've got uh, Gen three, um, John Baker's Auto, RotacRepair.ca, South Whitby Medical, Oshmahey Clinic, Fatherham Bookkeeping, uh, the Jube. Got Mac Funeral Homes, and I uh, got my sisters help out with some stuff. They call Platinum Coils, and then there's there's Cheryl, my fiance. To get it correctly, she uh, she's the driving factor, and she she dips into her wallet pretty hard for this ordeal for me as well. So I I, I do pretty darn good. If I missed anybody, there's some people that help me out with some product as well. If I and if, if I miss anybody else, I apologize. Well, kind of a little nervous. This isn't my normal thing. Well, you do a dynamite job, bud. Behind the wheel or behind the microphone, you tipped them all tonight. And I know we'll get you back on the show. We got to do a better job with the Ontario Modifieds, and I vowed we will. And uh, we'll get you back on the show and find out how things are coming together for 2024 oh. as that snow starts melting. We'll be pounded on you to get you back out here and get us filled in and ready to go for another season yeah we got the car right now it's all put to bed we play skilled rc cars and travel like myself paul jeremy and rob we travel all around we race today in oshawa at extreme rc at oshawa and then we'll go next week and we'll cross the border and go to rc race world and we kind of spend our winter tour and dreaming I don't know, bench racing while you're driving in the car and then dreaming of what next year is going to bring. So it makes for a fun winter. And then we'll get the car busted out when the snow melts, like you said, and get, get going at what we want to try. And uh, there's a whole new list of stuff that we'd like to try uh, for each evening or each event for the first month of next year and see if we can find some more speed and go from there. Donovan Price, he just messaged, and he goes, you got to ask him what he did, what JBJ did today, uh, what kind of racing he did today. So you answered it right out of the gate, but uh, he sent a couple photos uh, uh, of the uh, of the number 63. It looks like a dirt modified, uh, it looks like a dirt modified, bright orange and, and flames and all that good stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, man, just uh, that looks like a heck of a lot of fun. There's a lot of guys in that RC stuff right now. Uh, you know, Showeler and uh, a couple of my buddies from, from the spotter stand also partake in that stuff. So it uh, looks like a lot of fun. Oh, it's a blast. On my, my YouTube channel, there's some videos from the Tracks Boop Tour Tour, and I'll try to do a better job of getting a little more footage up for it. But uh, it's fun. It's affordable. They spec it to death. A couple of the divisions are very spec. So you can get into it, spend less money, and, and have some fun and enjoy yourself without going blowing the bank. Because they still got to save money for the summer. Oh, yeah. You still <laughs> got to turn the wheels on the big car. John, we appreciate I'm, the I'm, time, I'm, my friend. Uh, congratulations on the championship number 19. And I know we all look forward to seeing how you make out and nail that 20th one, buddy. That, that would be a plan. I'd like to. There's a couple guys out there with, with, with way more than me, and I want to catch up to them. So I'm. <laughs> Trying to work my way up. Too. Well, Ricky Warren, say, look at him. He gets a win at the end of the year. You've seen him. He was just out the windshield of the car at Peterborough Speedway. Uh, what a masterful job. Ricky gets a win. Now he's got that itch. So watch out. He'll be coming for you. 
No, I, I had a great round with him. We were having a little bit of brake issue, and I probably could have forced the issue a bit. But if I jacked up his car and slid him, then that goes against my no bump and run rule that I have for myself. So I needed to just mind my P's and Q's, and he didn't make any mistakes. So he didn't screw up, and I'm not jacking him up. And I went. I left Adam's color second. Like, you know, how many other guys left that are not in second spot? So I'm pretty happy with my finish. I was very proud. And I had no idea that he hadn't won before, so – that uh, he's a longtime friend also. So that kind of makes it extra special. If you gotta if you gotta lose a race, at least lose 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 one to somebody you like, I guess. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. Maybe you want to edit that one out. Maybe. No way. <laughs> no way, buddy. Uh, I gave I gave oh, you, oh, I, I gave him everything I had, so I didn't leave nothing on the table. So it was, it was Oh, one. and you could tell too, watching the broadcast on G Force. It was great to watch and uh just congratulations on a great season and uh, live it up, buddy. Live it up. You earned it. And I know we look forward to getting you back on the show here as the snow starts melting. Awesome. Glad Thanks, guys. You Thanks bet. So John Baker Jr., number 63, your Ontario Modified Champion for 2023. Did a great job, Jr. Uh, he's in with a bunch of tough cars, man. Uh, it, the competition is incredibly tight in that class. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's a unique class. It's uh, of modifieds. You know, they're uh, a little bit more. Uh, I guess you could say primitive or, or older o- older technology, which they've they've kind of kept that uh, that realm in there of the of the all pro modified back in the day, right? right. Um, and uh, uh, but they put on a good show, and like you said, the retread tires; those things are good for like two years, right? It, it, they're a good Cost tire, saver. yeah. And everybody's on the everybody's same tire, on the same deal. You could buy a new set of retreads; they ain't no faster. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's just a, a good program. And John Baker Jr. I no. Joke like the guy when you go to Peterborough Autumn Colors, um, when you walk down the front, um, you'll see probably twenty five or thirty bright orange shirts. Um, they're always JBJ, um, you know, fans, and um, they they always have a, a reserve section at the top of the grandstands, uh, uh, just shy of the uh, just shy of the tower um, on, on or sorry on the other side of the tower from the pit side uh, usually, and uh, you know they he's. He's the the quintessential guy on on. I would love to get his opinion, and the next time we get him on the program, um, I would love to get his opinion on on where Superstock is at right now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's a guy that that he was like a Todd Davenport. He, he basically he's the uh, he's the Todd Davenport of Eastern Ontario, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He, he he was in that division for so long. Um and uh, he's well, he's he, wore the crown he, at Autumn Colors, uh, 100%, right? Yeah. yeah, and and he's one of those you know, crown he, guys. He, he did tons of racing at Kawartha and Mossport, and 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 uh, you know the guy uh, had uh, has a massive fan base, and and uh, he definitely a popular guest on on the show, and and uh, cool to uh, cool to see him. Absolutely, we are at the top of the hour. We've got to throw it back to Sirius XM. I know Scotty's going to get us all up to date on anything news-wise that we may have missed over the hour. And then Junior and I are back for hour number two. We got Brad Moran, the Cup Series director. He's coming on the show in just a few minutes. And then, of course, Rick Benjamin. What what else can we say about Rick Benjamin, right? Uh, He is the man. And he's going to join us in hour number two, and we'll find out what's catching his eye. But we got to throw it back to Toronto. Here we go. We'll be back in 90 seconds. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167.
Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. When you think NASCAR, when you think NASCAR, think Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. This may be the most important thing that's ever happened. You're damn right, baby. The races. The Daytona 500 win. I love that we have playoff racing now. The talk shows. We'd love for you guys to participate as well. The unprecedented access. Well, I'm here at the red carpet with the fans. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Chastain did a video game move. Also streaming on the SXM app. I think they're happy down here. We're back with our number two of Race Time Radio. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167, where Canada talks. And just like that, our number two begins all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. All live tonight from the Race Time Radio studio. Hey, have you uh, seen our YouTube channel? If you haven't, check us out. It is at Race Time Radio TV. And while you're there, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Yeah, that base is getting bigger uh, each and every week. And it's uh, all thanks to you, the viewers, uh, for clicking in and checking us out. Of course, we're on Rev TV every Tuesday. From 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Got to thank Mike Garrow and Eddie and the whole crew at Rev TV for getting us all on the channel and uh, getting you all the uh, all the show content that we can provide each and every week. And uh, we've got a couple more shows to cap the year. Our last show is going to be December the 17th. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be off for Christmas and New Year's. And then back with everyone on January the 7th for a brand new season of Race Time Radio, all live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks every Sunday night from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, all the way around the calendar. Uh, you can depend on Race Time Radio. we got lots to look forward to. Junior, next weekend's going to be the one. That we've been waiting for. we got the Snowball Derby coming up. Uh, that's going to happen at Five Flags Speedway. I know we've got uh, Jared Butcher is on track, I believe, as we speak right now doing some testing. I was back and forth with uh, Kyle Steckley. Of course, he's got the 22 APC machine down there. And uh, he's really happy with the race car, uh, which is uh, great news. We're going to see... Glenn Styers is heading down there. Trayton Lapsevich is already down. I've got messages out to all the different Canadian race teams that are going to participate at Five Flags. We'll try and get you some updates before the end of the show tonight so you know how all of our guys are going to be shaken out. Of course, Cole Butcher's going to be there. Nicholas Noggle is heading down. Uh, we're going to have a real good Canadian contingent at Five Flags Speedway next weekend. Yeah, the not just... Not just a real good Canadian contingent, a real good Canadian competitor list. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like we got guys, a shot at some wins. Yeah, that's the. It's it sounds crazy to say, but I think that this is the first year that that uh, you know I, I 
I think that Cole Butcher has had a shot at the win. Had the cards fallen different in three know, or four the, times, three or four times. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, you know, I think that uh, obviously, um, you know, he's had some really good runs, um, and but that being said, it was just Cole Butcher, right? right? It there was a couple other Canadians that were there, um, and and you know they they had decent runs, they were in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, this time here, I I think that uh, uh, Cole Butcher definitely has got to be um, a favorite to win the Snowball Derby. He's got to be listed as a favorite, um, as if not in the top three of favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, Trayton Lapsovich has got a shot. He's going to light the lamp. He's. I think he's going to do some some really good things. Yep. Uh, and then on the the snowflake side of things, I think that Kyle Steckley and uh, Jared Butcher are two of the hottest pro late model drivers right now in, in Canada, in Canada. Yep. And yep. I would put them right up. Well, I mean, you look at Steckley going down to Nashville, I would put them right up with the Dylan Fetchos of the world and the, the Jackson Boones and, um, you know, basically the entire top five of that, that Alan Turner, uh, series that ran there all se- season long at, yep. at five flags and at, at Nashville. And I mean, when you mix in, um, you know the the caliber of competition that comes down from Wisconsin and uh, the Northeast, and um, I think that uh, that they are you know head and shoulders above uh, a lot of competitors. So um, you know, obviously, I think that uh, um, I, I I would I would be I would be surprised if we didn't have a Canadian in the top five in both the snowflake and the snowball. Yeah. 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 And if you can have one in the top five in both, you got a shot at the win for both. Sure you do. So, sure you do. Um, It'll depend on how yeah. everything plays out, but yep. pit wise, strategy wise, they're going to be able to do it, man. Uh, yep. Like yep. they're going to have it all planned out and uh, it's going to be incredible. Also next weekend, uh, you got to go out to Vegas, but the showdown is happening, the big open wheel showdown. And we got six Canadians, I believe, out there. Ryan Litt's going to be out there. Robbie Price we had on the show. I was texting with uh, Rob Layton, uh, uh, Rob Layton Motorsports, and they were just loading up yesterday and heading for the West Coast. So we got big races happening on both ends of the country, and uh, I believe we're going to be able to tune into both. Uh, it's going to be pretty hard. I can see it coming. I'm going to have it. It'll look like the middle of the summer when I had things going on at Delaware Speedway. I had the truck race on. I had, uh, you know, the race on from the East Coast. And, oh, the Cup Series was flying, too. And I've got all this stuff happening. And, man, I have a hard enough time concentrating watching television on one channel, let alone four of them. Uh, but it was uh, just just awesome to see. And next weekend is going to be no different we got lots of stuff to tune into, whether it be Racing America, whether it be Flow Racing. Uh, you're going to want to check it all out. But what do you say we get to Zoom and we welcome in our next guest? He finally got a chance to take a breath. Uh, it's American Thanksgiving, so we want to wish Happy Thanksgiving to all of our U.S. friends. And uh, this next guy, I'll tell you what, love watching him, known him for a long time. And it is Brad Moran. He is the Cup Series director. What's going on there, Brad? How you doing, buddy? Hey, not bad, Joe. Hope everything's well. Everything's uh, going good. You want to believe it. Man, did you have a busy year. How was it? 
Oh, it was uh, it was eventful. Uh, you know, we uh, we had our hands full uh, all season. We uh, you know had some had great racing and uh, still adjusting on the car and still making changes and had a really busy year with uh, everything going on. And uh, and then we had some weather challenges for the mid part for a good little chunk there, about six seven in a row, and um, it, it didn't play nice with us for a little bit. And then had great weather to finish the season off and really just an outstanding uh, playoffs and, and a, a good end of the year. So overall, good year. But it, this one didn't come easy. Sometimes they're, uh, they're a little easier than others. And this one, we had to work for everything we got this year. Oh, man. I, I think back to the season, and I don't know how, Brad, NASCAR is going to top this one. Because uh, this year was ultra competitive, whether it be, uh, you know, the, the, the truck series, Xfinity, and, of course, into Cup. It was incredible to watch. I think back to Chicago uh, when you guys ran on the streets for the first time. I couldn't believe the weather that weekend, but you managed to get everything done and get it in. Uh, what was that experience like? You must have been just pulling your hair out. <laughs> yeah, I think I had some good experience. I think I remember year when the tires floated down pit road and uh, got away from us and the roof was blowing off race control, so... Had a little bit of a experience with that type of weather, but no, it was insane. I mean, they had seven inches of rain in, in, in you know, on, on Saturday and Sunday and the most they, they've had. And, you know, we were close to having a problem getting it in on the time and the window. And, man, we, we got busy and it lightened up enough that we could get the track, you know, uh, safe enough to race. And we, we, we were prepared to run in wet weather, but, you, you know, we, we couldn't have run with the rain coming down the way it was. And you know all the puddling and the, the standing water, so it was uh, it was very close to to being more difficult. But yeah, we used up some radios, we used up some equipment. I mean, there was no one, uh, no one was dry. I mean, we were out. Geez, me and Chad were out doing a track check on Saturday night, and absolutely got downpouring, pouring rain and soaking wet. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was a real soggy week, but it ended up being a, a, a great event, and uh, the fans really loved it. The city loved it, so we're uh, we're looking forward to going back uh, going back in twenty twenty four and and improving on the uh, on the conditions. And I think it's going to be a heck of a heck of a show in the dry. Well, when you look at two thousand and twenty three versus two thousand and twenty two, man, you guys have come a long way. The new car. Uh, continued to get better all the way through this year. Uh, you guys are definitely making changes that are being really fruitful on the racetrack because the competition level, you know, Brad, back in the day, and it wasn't that long ago, you could go, you know, there was like five guys that were going to predominantly be at the front of the field. You can't say that anymore about the Cup Series. You never know who's going to be up there now. And that is a byproduct of what you guys are doing. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Carlton. And yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, the R&D folks and Propes, uh, John Propes and his group, uh, they work really hard. We're, we have a lot of collo- uh, collaboration with the uh, with the industry. We take in a lot of information from these teams. They have a lot of smart people, a lot of, a lot of smart engineers work on this stuff, you know, 24-7. And, uh, you know, we work together with them and uh, we just keep making making ground, you know, we're, we've made a lot of changes on the safety side, making the car better. We continue to, to try to improve the racing product which obviously is uh we all care so greatly for um we've got a big test coming up uh actually uh, not not uh, this week coming but the following week in uh, in phoenix 
and we're going to be doing a lot of testing with some uh, some arrow and some ex- just just a lot of different underwing and splitter diffuser changes, as well as Goodyear's bringing a a pretty big selection of tires with pretty big swings at, at looking at our short track package. So yeah, we're never we're never done working. We're uh, we just continue to keep trying to make it better for our fans. Brad, uh, with with all of racing, it doesn't matter if it's short track racing or if it's NASCAR Cup Series, um, ingenuity always comes into it, and teams are always trying to look for an advantage and, and call it cheating, call it uh, ingenuity, call it experimentation. I don't care what you want to call it. Uh, but, but you always have guys... Uh, you know, trying to push the envelope and, and find the gray areas and find those little those little areas where they can get, gain an advantage on the competition. Uh, when you look at the swing that NASCAR has taken, you know, to close that box and put everybody in a tight little box um, in in the you know in with with the new car uh, with the new uh, tech procedures, all of the above. Uh, are you surprised at the? At, that there aren't more infractions that you're seeing out there? Because I, I had this conversation, just to give you a little bit of context, I had this conversation standing in a shop here just a couple days ago. Um, I, I'm surprised that you don't see more guys cheating when they are in such a tight little box. You know, you, you obviously hear about guys pushing the envelope and you guys catching them, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's it, but they're few and far between now compared to a few years back. And, and, you know, they're few and far between compared to a lot of years back. Um, are you surprised at the level of competition, but yet lack of, of you know, cheating, if you will, or, or, or respectfulness in the garage area? Uh, are you surprised that they're playing so nice? Yeah, well, yeah, they're playing. They're definitely playing nicer than they ever have. Let's put it that that's, way. Hey, um, that's the way I'm trying to put it. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not yeah. trying to paint the garage area as a bunch of cheaters. What I'm trying to do though is no. is, is is kind of showcase that you guys have covered your bases and and you guys have created a really competitive package. Uh, but but you don't see it anymore. Where you do see it, but you just don't just see not it as, as much. much. You yeah, don't yeah. see it as much yeah. as as you did in the past. And and I, I'm just wondering if that's if that's a surprise to you, or or if that's exactly what you guys were going for. Well, no, a lot of it. Well, first of all, yes, it is exactly what we were going for. Um, you know, the costs were getting out of control. Uh, the team owners uh, come to NASCAR. This was. Uh, Something that was developed over over you know many a couple of years to get all this put together, and we had certain rules. And the only way this is going to work is if people follow the rules more than what the you know the game has changed, and the owners are 100 percent behind this new car and want it to be uh, this way so that they have adjustments, they have things they can do, but they they don't need to be going out on that ledge all the time. Um, the amount of penalties we've still had a lot. We've probably had record setting but that's because we've tightened the box so much that now even a small deal that you would have just been a little slap on the wrist you know three four years ago there are no more of those there's no more warnings there's no more you know get it fixed next week Uh, those days are gone and this is all in collaboration with the entire industry and the teams being on board so it's definitely tightened up and that's what's what's helped uh you know, help the competition and the parity. It's new culture for a lot of people because, you know, it's not, you know, no one's calling anyone cheaters, but they are innovators and uh, they're very smart people. And 
they read a rule one way and they still do that. They still read the rules. So we have to do a lot of work. We have a lot of people looking at our rule books, tightening things up. And, and unfortunately, we'll get uh, we'll get caught once in a while where, you know, the, we look at the problem that we have and we feel it's a problem. There's no doubt. And we go through the rule and, and in detail. And you know what? The rule's not tight enough. There's opportunity that, that someone's taken advantage of. And, and then we change the rule and tighten it up for the next week. But uh, that still happens as well. So, yeah, it's a new culture. It's a culture change. And it was everybody's directive to get there uh, so that we can keep this sport healthy. And, and that's what we're working on doing. We're with Brad Moran tonight, of course, with the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, he's the director. Uh, he's the guy up there that is uh, – Bridging the gap between the competitor base, the fans, the tracks, the everything. It's Brad Moran that uh, is out there putting everything together that we get the luxury of watching uh, each and every week. And, uh, Brad, when you look at the year that you guys have had, uh, look at the year that Ryan Blaney has had specifically. And what a champion. Man, Ryan Blaney is hes the guy that you see on television Ryan Blaney is that guy. He's not different when the camera is on. And then, you know, you, you see Ryan at a different time, and he's, uh, he, he's a, a different guy. That's not him. What you see is what you get with Ryan Blaney, and he is that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Ryan's just a, just a great guy, true competitor, generations of, of uh, you know, of, of competition and driving. And, you know, we – you know, you, you know, we hear from some more than others, and he's very rarely one to come and complain. And, you know, if he's got a problem, he'll let you know, but very rarely he just goes out, puts his head down, him and his entire team, and get the job done. And, man, the, their timing was impeccable this year. Uh, you know, they won they won at Charlotte. They looked good, and then they kind of teetered off a little. And then come playoffs, man, he, he got on it, and they, they just didn't they just didn't give anybody opportunity. And, and it was uh, probably a surprise for some, and, uh, great to see, you know, uh, Mr. Penske and, and his organization. You know, they won, they won two in a row, which he's never done, which is pretty neat that Blaney got that done for him. But really well-deserved, a deserving champion. And uh, just, again, timing, man. They they got going there in the last couple of rounds, and, and they were tough to beat. They were almost out of it each round until you got to the round eight, and all of a sudden they just they just picked everybody off and, and made it to the final four. and. And did what they needed to do in uh, in Phoenix. So really exciting to watch, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people didn't have him as their as uh, the 23 champion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was hoping it was going to be Ryan, but uh, I I couldn't be the guy to stand back and say it's definitely going to be Ryan. When you look at the final four, it was anybody's race, and you had to be spot on. The team had to be, and that's precisely what Ryan did. Uh, we said goodbye now to Kevin Harvick. I can't believe Harvick's career has come and gone. Uh, what a champion. What a guy. Uh, Kevin Harvick will be missed in this sport, but he's not going to be gone for too much longer. His son is coming through. Uh, it's going to be kind of cool to see what comes out of that family in years to come. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, hats off to Kevin on, a, on a, just an awesome career. He ran great all season and couple second place finishes come so close to winning and uh, you know it, it just didn't fall his way but he was certainly competitive you, you know till the day he hung up his helmet on the last race so you know him and roddy and that whole group Stuart haas racing you know just hats off to them and a great career and and nice to see kevin 
ended on such a high with a with a with a real solid uh, solid season. And I, I will we'll all see lots of them uh, in the future. I'm pretty sure of that. Man, I'll tell you, as the schedules were coming out and as things were transpiring, the rumor mill up here in Canada, as you know from being up here, it flies and it flies really good. And it really sounded like we had a good opportunity to get a cup race up here. How close were we actually to having a cup race up here? And Brad, can you see the day where we're going to have a cup race in Canada? Yeah, so again, not, you know, we're out running the races and Ben Kennedy and his group are, are working on the next year's schedule and everything. But uh, I certainly heard enough that, yes, you know, it was close. They, they were not all rumors. Uh, there was a lot of effort and work put into it. Um, you know, I, I think there was a few complications that just couldn't, we, we, they just couldn't get put together in time uh, for, for the 2024 season. But no, I, I would certainly say that you know, our odds of, of going there, I think, are, are pretty high. And, and it'll be really exciting. I, I really hope it happens. Um, and, you know, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think that will be a, a big surprise when that day comes. Oh, man. I, I think back. And, you know, when the truck series come to Canada, of course, you were the director of the uh, truck series back then. And you guys come in. The Silverado 250 was born at CTMP. And uh, I seen you again with the Xfinity series. Now, you weren't running that deal, but the Xfinity series in Montreal was always a huge success. And, uh, you, you know, I just love to see the trucks back here in Canada, back at CTMP. I'd love to see Xfinity pop in. And, man, if we could ever get a cup race and get you home for a weekend, man, the party would be on, wouldn't it? Uh, it would be. No, no doubt. I mean, I would I would love it to happen. And, uh, you know, great for the country. And the country deserves it. And uh, NASCAR is aware of that. You, you know, we, we've got great race fans. They've always supported everything we've done from the weekly programs in Canada, you know, to the to the Canadian Tires Pinty uh, Series, which is now NASCAR Canada, I believe. Um you, you know, and, and the trucks and always there to support. So uh, we, we recognize that and certainly know that if we do uh, get a deal put together, I think the uh, fans coming out will probably be the least of our problems, and it will be one heck of a party. Oh, incredible. Brad, you're also going to be inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, much deserved, I might add. Uh, how did that feel, and how does that sound to you, man? It, it's uh, are you going to get an opportunity to come up when the ceremony takes place? Well, it's pretty. It was. Uh, it's a pretty. It's a uh, just. It's humbling. It's. Uh, it was great news when I got the call. I wasn't sure if one of my uh, colleagues were were messing with me, so I had to be a little cautious. And uh, you know, my my assistant series director said, "What'd you do? Win a lottery?" I said, "Well, you know, kind of. You know." So I was really excited about. It. I'm honored. I'm honored. To uh, to be, in, I'm honored that I'm going to be inducted, and uh, you know it certainly wasn't from my racing because I tore up a lot of stuff in my day, <laughs> so I didn't get there the way most did. But no, just an honor to to think that all the work and all the energy that I put in, man, you know, back and from the All Star days and late models and trying to help Oscar when they had struggles and just everything that's happened from then to the Canadian Series to the you know, the weekly to the international to trucks to cup, the whole, you know, the whole package. It's just, you know, so humbling that, that, that they got recognized that, you know, I put a lot of effort into this sport and, and we'll continue to do that. I love the sport, always loved motorsports from, from when I was a kid and, uh, you know, from motorcycles to cars to where we went. So, uh, 
it's it's an honor. It's an honor, and I'm glad that the, the Canada recognized it. I'm real excited. Well, and as far as getting there, don't know about that because it's Saturday night. I got some guys saying we got to fly there, and I'm like, not the night before the 500. <laughs> so we may have to do something really cool and do some production and and try to you know I'm certainly going to be involved and hopefully have a bunch of folks there. And I don't. I wouldn't bet on me going there at that time of year when uh, it's night before the 500. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know when the ceremony was. I I, I didn't know whether it was going to happen in January. But, uh, hey, there, there's not many weekends that Brad Moran can say, oh, I'm off that weekend. Uh, you haven't got many of them. The Coliseum's going to kick it all off again this year. And I might add, your schedule for 2024 looks amazing. I don't know how you're going to top the action we've seen this year. But, Brad Moran, if anybody can do it, I know you guys at NASCAR and you at the top of the list. Pushing the <laughs> buttons, it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll certainly try. We got to, you know, it's going to be a new deal at the uh, Clash. going to be uh, a few different uh, things happening there, and it's going to kick us off, and it'll, it'll be great. And then off we go, and we've got a couple super speedway races in the playoffs. You know, we've got Watkins Glen, you yeah. know, in a, in a playoff race. Road course never, never happened. Uh, that, again, that's going to be exciting, and that's that's going to be wild. So we're, we're working on trying to, to top it off. Ben Candy, you know, he likes a lot of excitement, so he works on putting this stuff together, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty interesting year. So you've got a little bit of time now. You haven't got much. Are you coming to PRI? Or are we going to? Am I? Are you and I going to get together at PRI? Oh, I'd love to, but probably I don't think so because I think it's a weekend I got to go to Phoenix because I got to be there for this test. Oh, yeah. So we're we're nonstop, but I certainly, I think you need to be coming out to California to the Clash or, you know, to Daytona or something. That's that's where I got to try to get you, I believe. Uh, We'll get together. I can guarantee it. This year is going to be the year, Brad. You and I got to hang out again. We had a lot of fun, man. No, let's do it. We uh, we certainly do, and I'd I'd love to see you. And we used to do those, uh, you know, the recordings of that right out on the in the fan zone in Daytona, and we've always had a blast from the All Star days to to Daytona. So we'll continue to do it, and I love I love chat with you and Joe Junior, and uh, just it's, it's great. Looking forward to seeing you though for sure. That's what we got to get together. We will, I guarantee it. Brad Moran, thanks for everything tonight. Thanks for everything all season long. Congratulations on all the success that you've been having and much continued success, my friend. It's going to be off the hook. Can't wait for the new year to start. Yeah, appreciate it, Joe. You, all your listeners, and you've always been supportive, and uh, it goes a long way. It keeps me going every day. So we'll keep digging, and we're going to have to be uh, more exciting than we were uh, this this last season. (laughs) I I don't know how you're going to, but I can see that uh, that's the mandate. I can guarantee it. Junior, this guy can get the job done, and uh, what do you think we're going to see next year? I I don't know how they're going to top it. I can, uh, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's always a uh, it's always a crapshoot when it comes time for the competition, right? <laughs> it's uh, uh, the the guys just step it up every year, and and uh, uh, I that's you know we all eat, sleep, and breathe this sport, and uh, that's what that's what I love about it is there's so many unknowns and. And, uh, you know, that's what every single year brings. It's, uh, it's such a cool deal. And, and, uh, Brad, you've done a great job and, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Have, have fun down there and, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you, uh, in, in the new year. All right. Well, thank you guys. Happy holidays to everybody as well. And, uh, if you ever need anything, Joe, you know, give me a call, man. My line's always open and 
Appreciate you taking the time and talking with me. You bet. Say hi to Joe for us, and you have a, a, a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Great, you. great day, guys. You bet. Brad Moran, Cup Series Director uh, Extraordinaire. We're going to hit a quick break here on Race Time. We have Rick Benjamin coming up on the other side of the break. Stay right there. Don't you move a muscle. We'll be right back. Hey, race fans, this is Tracy Hoskins at the Track Reporter for Race Time Radio. You are listening to Race Time Radio on Sirius XM Channel 167. Race Time Radio will be right back. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Nothing connects like country music. Country music. Dig in to Sirius XM's Country Universe, the next generation on the highway, Channel 56. This Millennium's Hits on Y2 Country what is Sirius XM NASCAR Radio? They are ready. We'll go to Victory Lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just won at Indy. Down here in Victory Lane. Let me ask the fans. It's all. Joey Logano will set his sights on the championship. Uh, two times, baby. Things. He shoved him up the right track. Back up on the throttle as he heads to victory. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, he loses it. He crashes. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Also streaming on the SXM app. Oh, hell yeah. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. And just like that, we are back with you all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks, also on Rev TV. Hello to uh, absolutely everybody there. And the Performance Motorsport Network.com throughout the course of the week. Hello to uh, Steel and everybody there. And uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. What's going on, Junior? We got Rick Benjamin coming up. Yeah, she, she's going to throw something on the screen here. Oh, yeah. You got that, you got that thing? You got that, uh, that picture that I sent you? Yeah, we're just gonna. It, she's got to pop it up here, but uh, I seen a pretty cool post. Um, uh, Cole Burrows, young Cole Burrows. young guy, yeah, very yeah. young cat. Yeah, uh, running a super stock mm-hmm. number sixty three. Yeah. Beautiful race car. Uh, the Burrows family, big time. Yep. Uh, it's Christmas time. We're heading in there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can see it on here. I but, can, uh, but that's okay. Well, we'll hold it up here. He's made little. 
Nut and bolt, ah, snowman. Ah, ah. Twenty five bucks a piece, and it helps his race team out. Oh, but look at that! So, I mean, that is a that's an artisan that's an artisan thing yeah. that comes out of a race shop, uh, decorative piece for uh, for your Christmas. Um, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, well, uh, twenty five bucks a piece, and and uh, uh, you get a, a little nut and bolt. Snowman. Would make it even more special if those nuts came off uh, cars at Daytona or something, right? Hey, absolutely. Sure. But those nuts and bolts that came off at Sunset Speedway. Well, that'd be cool hey. enough too. <laughs> Let's but, get back to our guest hotline, shall we? On the Zoom line, and we welcome in Mr. Rick Benjamin. What's going on this week, Rick? How are you doing? Hey Joe, I'm I'm doing well. Hope you are. You're looking good. So uh, it's been a good week for you, I trust. It has finally. Yeah, I had a couple of weeks from uh, from down under. I can guarantee you that. But I'm back up on this side of the dirt and quite happy. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, by the way. Are you done eating turkey? Uh, is Mama still making you eat Not the sandwiches? Yet. Not yet. There's some waiting for me. I think out in the kitchen when we get done here tonight. Uh-huh. But uh, we're almost there. We had a great weekend. Had uh, most of the family in for a couple of days and sent them all home today and uh, got things back to normal, gearing up for another week. So yeah. Yeah, we're getting awfully close to Christmas, so we got a lot to be thankful for at this time of year, for yeah. sure. Well, you so. guys in the U.S. really jam the holidays up there. I know we had yeah. our Thanksgiving back in October, so you see, we get a little bit of a runway in between. <laughs> but no, not in the U.S. You like uh, the Macy's Parade and then, boom, the Santa Claus Parade could pretty well follow it. You know, down here, I don't know what it's like where you are right these days. It's been a few months, a few years since I've been uh, up in your neck of the woods. But the, uh, you know, down here around Halloween time, at the end of October, we start seeing the trees coming out and the decorations going up and all that. It's a, they push it here. They really rush, you know. And, and uh, honestly, we just put our Christmas lights out this weekend, which is kind of how we do it in, in our family. We do wait till Thanksgiving weekend usually to put the outdoor lights out and that kind of thing. But we've done all that and the tree is up. And so we're... Uh, we're just waiting for Santa to see what Santa's going to bring us this year. You know? Yeah, hopefully a whole bag full of nut tricks this time around, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. F- F1 had quite a race at Vegas. What was your take on that? I can well imagine you were tuned in. Well, I, yeah, well, I, I didn't watch it live. But, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning start, I don't do those unless I have to. And nobody was paying me to stay up that late, so I waited till Sunday to take a look at it. But, no, it was. I thought it was really well done. Having done numerous, I mean numerous street races dating back to the 80s on radio and television, uh, it's a hard thing to do to build a temporary circuit. And certainly they spent more money on that racetrack than has ever been spent in the U.S. On a, on a, or in North America, let's say, on a temporary course. So you would expect it to be beautiful, and I thought it certainly was. I mean, when you invest, I don't know, 500, 600 million U.S. into something like that, you know it's going to be spectacular. And in Las Vegas, the truth of the matter is, and most everybody, I'm sure, with us this weekend, you know, on your show has been there at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, They do it up big. That's what the whole city is all about. So, again, no big surprise there. But I thought the race turned out to be uh, really entertaining, obviously, for stopping, you know, coming from behind to win again. And, and uh, you know, a lot of other excitement and some fights through the field, which is pretty rare in Formula One, as we know, those of us who've watched it for any number of years. Uh, you know, the fans, I thought, uh, turned out in, in big numbers, considering the things didn't get off to the greatest start there early in the week. But, again, when you run, you know, it's one thing to draw up a racetrack on a blueprint. You know, right. Tony Cotman, who... Uh, lays out racetracks for for IndyCar and did it for us in Champ Car when you know when I was doing the television there. 
uh, super guy, very knowledgeable guy. This was a Tilkey design circuit. But I, I know Tony has taught me a few things over the years, one of which is until you put cars on the track, you don't really know what you have. And, you know, there was a lot of hue and cry about the, the small piece that came up in the first practice and delayed things on Thursday and all that. And, and yes, it shouldn't have happened. But having done dozens of these things coast to coast and in Canada, I can tell you that anything that can go wrong will go wrong in the first hour or so you put cars on the track. So it didn't surprise me. I thought they addressed it really well, fixed it, and that was it. No more no more issues with that. You know, when I look at, uh, and i got to go back probably 15, 20 years ago, when the Honda Indy uh, was happening in Toronto, uh, we had the promoter on, and of course it starts, they start building that track like 20 weeks before. I know they make the final adjustments just before the race, but a lot goes into turning, you know, Lakeshore Boulevard into a racetrack. And sure, uh, yeah. it's it, uh, amazing to see. And when I look at what happened in Vegas, where the manhole covers were coming up, I was going, how bizarre is that, that those well, would I've happen? I've seen that. But I've seen that. I mean, think of the downforce those cars generate. And think of the what, you know downforce made by suction under the car. Right. And, and so, you know, you've got 20 of those cars. They make big horsepower they go they can run 220 miles an hour in a straight line the the amount of suction that that pulls at the racetrack is pretty intense i mean you you've seen this i've seen this a million times tracks come apart a lot of times yeah because you know big wide tires plenty of horsepower lots of torque big braking forces all those things and normal street asphalt isn't made for that racetracks are generally made of of a, of a special kind of compound and i'm sure they use that there f1 does everything uh, you know, by the book, they have stringent requirements about all of these things. But still, it, you're going to have some of that. And I can, again, going back to my experience, you know, I, I think back to Champ Car, I think back to American Le Mans, the IMSA. There been I've been to a lot of street races working over the years where crews had to come out and weld manhole covers in place because the first attempt to lock them down didn't work and the cars sucked them out of the holes. So and there's one thing you certainly don't want in a, in a racing situation is to have a you know, a manhole cover that might weigh 150 pounds go flying through the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. do a lot of damage. I I think the coolest part about the, you know, just talking about the suction that those cars create is that 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 manhole cover was welded. Yeah. So it's like cement them now. It sucked the, you know, it sucked. There's, you know, there's a ring that is laid with asphalt all the way around it. And then the ring sits on top and normally just sits there or is bolted. Um, in this case, it was welded. It sucked it right. It sucked the ring and the, the manhole cover shot. out. Yeah. And uh, that that was kind of the neatest part to me is that it, it you know they they addressed it already. They knew that there was an issue or not an issue. They knew that that was a potential, potential, uh, but yeah. they didn't realize that it was going to suck it right or uh, suck all the asphalt and everything out. Um, but uh, yeah, just a, a really cool you know event. Obviously, all in all, uh, promoters don't want the fans. Um, you know, at any track to be able to watch the racing without paying for it. Right. Um, Rick, what's your take on, on the, uh, the amount of effort that, that uh, the promoters kind of put into covering up the, the gangways and the walkways and the, the different, uh, you know, spectacle points uh, from, the, from the different casinos um, and, and taking the viewing angles out? Um, what's your what's your take on the the overall amount of uh, you know I guess aggression that they showed in in making sure that people couldn't get a glimpse of, of a car without paying the ticket? 
Well, it's it's you know I think you can look at it two different ways, but in the case of F one, it is all about the money. One hundred percent. And you, you know you have an American company now that controls F one, other than the the actual sporting regulations and the you know the on track the FIA runs that. But as far as being the promoters, the the Formula One corporation that's that is owned by U.S. interests uh, runs that, and they're not. It's not a charity. I mean, they're not in business to give away free tickets. They don't have to at a thing like Vegas. So, uh, you know, they they're putting on this event. They're saying, you know, it costs X amount of dollars to come and be part of this, to come and watch, pay the money or don't watch. I I think it's a pretty simple equation, really. And and you know, we've all again, we've all been involved in racing in a lot of different levels and. Some tracks will give a lot of tickets away, and some tracks will never do that. And, and some events you can get into for, if you know how to do it, you can get in, at, you know, at no cost. Other times, you know, you've got to pay a lot of money to get in and see it. First time event, big, lots of, you know, piles and piles of money invested for Formula One, no less. Yeah, uh, they're not going to give away access to that. And so right. I don't have any real problem with it. I mean, I think if you, I think if you bought, and I didn't, I kind of saw this hinted at in some of the post-race coverage. If you rented a hotel room on the course thinking you could watch from your hotel room and then you discovered you couldn't because some barrier had been put up, I would have a, if it were me, I would go to the the hotel and say, hey, wait a minute, I paid you how many thousand dollars to have this room bordering the circuit so that I could watch the event. And, you know, now you're telling me you're covering up the windows or whatever. So I can't. I don't know that that specifically happened, but let's say that it did. did. Yep. yep. But the, the pictures I saw were of people, you know, tearing down the, the vinyl that's put up over the walkways and things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think they have a right to, to go back to those people and say, hey, you know, you can't do that. And, you know, you're going to face some sort of penalty for doing that. And you can't you can't sit around for free and watch the race. I mean, we it's a paying event. It's a professional event. Nobody's letting people in to watch the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the exactly. uh, you know the future teams that are coming there, the the soon to be not Oakland A's in baseball. You know, chances are you're not getting in to see those events for free either. So, what's the complaint? I don't see a reason to complain there. Yeah, sure. live and learn, right? They'll uh, yeah. develop it as uh, things start yeah. to unfold. I, I, I thought for a first time event, it was you know it was really well done. Obviously, I mean they they put a tremendous amount of effort, a tremendous amount of investment into it. I haven't been out there for a couple of years. I know exactly where the circuit lays out. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to go to SEMA this year and and kind of see it right before the race to see what had been done in my mind as I'm watching this and, and reading about it in the days leading up to the race and kind of visualizing where they built these huge buildings that laid out the paddock where they have built the garages and all that. I mean, next time I get out there, it's going to be really interesting to see how it's laid out up close and get a, get a sense of that. But again, you know, to get a, a municipal, government and the business community obviously the you know tourism is the business in las vegas to get that much support from those organizations to let them do this there and, and it generated i did read one report this week and it was in forbes magazine about how they believe that the f1 race will generate twice the amount of business income as the super bowl will this wow. coming february isn't that 600 million for the Super Bowl, 1.2 billion overall for the F1 race and, and the week. And, you know, there was some talk about the price, the ticket prices came way down, uh, you know, from what they were asking. The, today, most every ticket to any sporting event is sold by a StubHub or a SeatGeek or, a, you know, an online company like that. Okay, they started off, you know, let's say a lot of the tickets were $5,000 for three days and they weren't selling. So they came down to 2500 That's still a lot. Oh, yeah. And you've got 
you've got to buy a you know a, re, a pretty expensive hotel room and you've got to fly out there and you can you know meals there for a couple of days certainly aren't inexpensive unless you buy hot dogs from a street vendor which you know some people do and that's fine but if you want to go to a couple of restaurants it's it's it, they're not giving that stuff away you know so no 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 and definitely it depends on the time of year you go to Vegas sometimes yeah. you can get a real good deal on everything oh, sure. and then hey yeah. in the peak season uh, prices tend to go up yeah. i can see that event building uh, and going into uh, into outer space. That's going to be a big one. Next weekend, we got uh, two short track races in the U.S. We got, of course, the Snowball Derby at Five Flags Speedway, and we got the open-wheel cars going to fly around the bullring in Vegas. Either one of those attract uh, Rick Benjamin to, man, I can't wait to queue into either or. Well, they're, they're both going to be spectacular events, I think. I mean, the Open Wheel Showdown's gotten a lot of attention. I know Davey Hamilton quite well and, and Davey Jr. a little bit, and, and I give him a lot of credit for going out on a limb to do this. I mean, Davey Hamilton Sr. is probably the biggest single promoter of, of pavement open wheel racing in the U.S. You know, he's, he's had the Super Modified Series. He's raced those cars. You know, Davey Jr. is doing really well in those cars now, and it's kind of his project, but I'm sure Davey is – Davey Sr. Is, is heavily involved there, too. I think it's going to be a struggle for him. And, and you were a promoter, and I've never had that job in the sport, Joe, so you know more about this than I do. But I'm sure they have it set up so that the back gate will take care of most everything they need there. I, it, the weather there at night, at this time of year, it tends to – and that was one of the stories of the F1 week, too, was the yeah. team saying, wait a minute. We didn't know it was going to be 40 degrees out here at this time. Well, I can tell you, I've, I have stood out at racetracks in Las Vegas at night in, in the spring and in the fall. It ain't fun. It's yeah. windy and it's, you know, it's chilly and all those things. So I hope the weather, you know, cooperates and people do go out there, but the bull ring is kind of out on its own in Las Vegas at the, at the speedway. Uh, you know, it's behind the big track and, and I, I'm hopeful they can draw enough of a crowd to make it worthwhile. I think the, you know, the pavement sprint cars and the supers, of course, and the pavement midgets that'll be there. For a race fan, if you love open-wheel racing like I do, it would be a spectacular show to see, I believe. That's a pretty neat little racetrack, a three-eighths mile, pretty highly banked oval. Um, so I, I'm encouraged, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they end up with. I hope they the car counts look like they're going to be good. Uh, the payout is certainly phenomenal there. I hope they do well. I hope they can make money with it and uh, and keep it going. You know, I, and I, again, I know the Hamiltons really... Uh, love this kind of racing and want to see it grow and want to do things that uh, that improve it. The Derby is a whole other story, of course. You know, completely different kind of race car. Weather should be pretty good in Pensacola. It normally is. Uh, you know, the great late model stars will be there, and and you know, there'll be plenty of NASCAR guys running it too to try to put some flavor into the great racetrack. And so, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a couple of great shows coming up for sure. You know, so. William Byron has, uh, well, and it shouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't shock me in the least. Uh, but when he gets an opportunity to get behind the wheel of whatever race car, that guy's in it, and he's always in it to to win it, so to speak. Sure. And uh, he's going to be one of those guys. Uh, yeah. You've got a big cup star, and he's going to be at Five Flakes Speedway. He's going to be competitive. you got to believe that he's going to be. Uh, but there's so much competition. The ASA guys, uh, you know, Cole Butcher, uh, Majeski. And they're coming yeah. off a big win or a big race this past weekend with the Big Lee uh, 128. Yeah. That that was another big one. I don't know how some of these guys are going to fare out, but uh, I guess they're trying to get it all in before it ends, which is coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is the last big 
get together of the uh, of the stock car clan in the states, uh, you know, in a given year. But you know, we'll be going at it again here soon in 2024. So it, it's just a it's a short, you know, eight ten week uh, off period for late models guys that uh, you know that do that for a living. You know, the guy to watch to me is always Bubba Pollard too. I mean, he's you know, he, he, anytime he unloads, it's going to be a great show, and and he's going to be right in the midst of it. So I'm sure it'll be a it'll be a terrific event down there, as it always is. Uh, Tim uh, Bryant and the guys do a great job putting that event on. And now that it's part of the it's part of the ASA tour, it'll be uh, you know the, the revived ASA, the new version of the ASA. Uh, it gives it a little extra boost, no question about that. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a big weekend down there. Hopefully, the weather cooperates as well. It'll be packed, I know that, and uh, well, we're, well worth your time if you're in that area. So well, it, I, it'll be a big show. I did see one post, and it was uh, one of our fellow Canadian uh, fans that were down there, and he pulled the weather app up, and he goes, "God, I hope the weather changes." It looks like rain on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, of course, it looks fine on Monday, as we've uh, seen it before. Hopefully, the weather's wrong. But one thing you can guarantee, in Florida, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It'll change. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and they have run that race on Monday, I believe, in the not-too-distant past because the weather's been bad. So they know what they're up against, and they'll be prepared for it, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you you always ask me uh, what what I've had my eye on this week, honestly, uh, the thing I've had most of my attention on the last couple of days has been the Turkey Night Grand Prix for the USAC Midgets out in California, which was uh, Thursday. Well, it was last night. The feature was last night. And uh, Kyle Larson won again. He won three big money races out there in the last week. No big surprise. Obviously, he's he's the best open wheel racer in America, in, in my mind, you know, and, and certainly one of the greatest uh, NASCAR drivers in the last 20 years. Uh, but, you know, anytime he straps in on a short track, you know he's going to be one of the guys to beat. And, uh, you know, he got the lead fairly early, as I understand it, last night and, and dominated most of the rest of the race out there. That's the fourth time he's won that race. And Is that's it? one of, and, you know, it, my dad was a midget racer, so I grew up kind of around midgets in the northeastern U.S. And so they always have a, you know, have a, a warm spot in, in my heart, in my racing uh, racing heart for sure. And to see him, you know, a guy that doesn't run those cars very often, I think he made 10 midget starts this year, but he's now the 15th winningest driver in USAC midget history, passed the guy by the name of Tony Stewart on the yeah. all-time win list with that victory last night. Wow. So that tells you how good he is in those cars. And I just think that's a tremendous accomplishment. I've always admired drivers who are good at more than one kind of racing. And to see what he can do, you know, he's a cup champion now to see what he can do, uh, you know, in a short track car, a, a late model, a sprint car, a wing sprint car, a midget, a silver crown car, whatever it is. He's one of the guys to beat. I can't wait to see him in the Indy 500 next year. Oh, that's, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he will make it. He will make it an incredible show. If they can give him a car that's reasonably capable, I think he'll be a factor all day. I, I just I think he, he's so quick. He's so good at learning and. You know, he's done a lot of sim work in the, those cars already. He's passed his rookie test already. Uh, when the track opens for practice early in May, he'll be right there. He'll get as many laps in as they'll allow him to. And I'm sure by race day, he will be tuned up. And I can't remember. It's been how many years? I mean, it's been decades since a rookie won, won the Indy 500. Oh, yeah. But he's got as good a chance as anybody in my lifetime to do it for sure. Absolutely. Did you get a chance to see the uh, the press conference with Jeff Gordon, Rick Hendrick, 
uh, and then uh, Tony Kanaan and himself uh, right after the rookie test. Did you get a chance to see the press conference? Did no, you? Did you watch? I, I didn't it? watch no. it. I, I know it's on I know YouTube, all those guys, and I did not. Yeah. You know, I didn't take time to watch it. Press conferences don't usually do much for me, so I, <laughs> I, I, no, didn't, like, I didn't carve out time to watch. What did he have to say? No, absolutely, and and I'm I'm the same way. But uh, I was flipping through YouTube and I seen it, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I just you know, it's Jack it uh, yeah, just I, I you know watched it and and. Uh, it was so interesting to hear him and Jeff Gordon talk because really you could see Jeff Gordon kind of living through Kyle Larson at that point in time because he lived and, and ate and slept and breathed the Indy 500 before going to NASCAR. And, and uh, you could see the admiration that Kyle or that, that Jeff Gordon had for Kyle Larson's opportunity and as well for his talent and all that stuff. Um, but hearing him explain you know, because the rookie test, uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know, um, they basically start out with a governor on an Indy car, and you're not allowed to go over a certain speed. Right. Then they they bump that up, and you're allowed to go over the next speed, the next interval, and then the next interval, and then they open you up, and 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 you're you're good to go. But you don't get you don't get you don't get you know, full throttle right out of the gate. You don't get the full uh, <laughs> Indy car experience until you get back there in May for for running for like the actual practice session. Um, or an open test session when you go back, right? And uh, but just hearing Kyle Larson talk about how hard it is to drive an Indy car slow um, was pretty cool, you know, because he's like he's like, man, you just get in it and and you just you know that the car's got so much more, and he's like, it was harder going slow than it was than it will be to go fast, and uh, um, but I, I think the dynamic between looking at at Kyle Larson and Jeff Gordon uh, it was super cool. I, I urge anybody to, to go back and watch it and then to hear the ad or the excitement from tony canon because he's like man i don't even know why i'm here these yeah. guys are jeff gordon and kyle larson yeah they're two of the best in the world and and uh, he's just happy to be there you know and and uh, uh it was definitely a uh, i would i would put it in the top five press conferences that i've ever seen in motorsports that's good i don't think i've watched five of them <laughs> but that's that now that's cool and the future right is uh, I, I was kind of hoping the same thing was going to happen with Jimmy Johnson when he got the opportunity, but it didn't. Uh, of course, he made the race and he was in it, but he didn't have the turnout that I kind of thought we were going to see at old seven time. I thought he was really going to light the lamp, but I uh, was kind of disappointed that he didn't. Well, he, he really struggled. We were on, we, I, I covered Jimmy's year, year and a half there uh, and, and the work we did for Honda. Uh, and, and I've known Jimmy since he was coming into ASA. So, you know, I, we go back, uh, you know, 20 plus years of knowing each other. And I felt badly for him because they certainly gave him every opportunity to succeed. He was driving one of the best cars for one of the best teams in the series, but they're hard cars to come to grips with. And Jimmy did not have any open wheel experience really since he ran, you know, off-road buggies way back at the very beginning of his career, 30 plus years ago. Um, now Kyle comes into this with a little different skill set, I think, because you know, open wheel cars, yeah, a sprint car and an Indy car are not much alike, that's for sure. But right. they're very high horsepower cars, and they're very lightweight cars for one thing. And you certainly learn car control on dirt. And Jimmy, you know, learned that he off his off road racing was all done on dirt. But I, I think he had trouble coming to grips with the technology in the car. I think he had trouble trouble coming to grips with learning all the tracks in a short period of time. He had a lot of other things. He has a lot of other things going on in his life, and not that Kyle Larson doesn't, but he's young, 
and you know, not not to you and I have both been doing this a long time, Joe. Right. So, you know, I'm not speak. No ageism here. Let's put it that way. But um, I think that was part of the the issue for Jimmy. I mean, there Daryl Waltrip said to me one time many years ago, we were doing a telecast together. We were talking. I can't even remember the driver we were talking about, but the point of the story was this driver has done really well, has made plenty of money. He's not really hungry. And Daryl's comment to me was, yeah, it's hard to put your foot on the gas when you're tripping over your wallet all the time. So, and I, and I don't know that that's, you know, that I don't know that that's what was going on with Jimmy, but I don't think I, I would say he wasn't as hungry as a Kyle Larson is who's saying, you know, I want to win everything I can. I want to, I want to get into this and, and, and go. Now, Jimmy had some good runs on ovals in the later part of his full season, right. Iowa particularly, he was competitive at the Speedway, no doubt about that, a place he knows very well. But the best of the best in those cars, there's a there's just a tiny little difference. I mean, it's tiny. It's it's you and I can't see it with the naked eye. But all it takes is a couple of thousandths a lap and over two hundred laps, that's ten seconds. And yeah. that's you know, way more than the margin of victory in the Indy five hundred. So so it doesn't take a whole lot to be way off. And I think, you know, Jimmy on a lot of road courses, he was way off. The yeah. ovals, he was able to close the gap, and and so uh, I think with Kyle Larson, it's going to be a much different story. I was I was at Indy the year that Kurt Busch ran the race, um, and you know, and he did surprisingly well. I think Kyle Larson has a much better chance to do much much better next year. I agree wholeheartedly. It's going to be exciting. I can guarantee you that. Rick, this has been great catching up with you once again here on Race Time Radio. I know we look forward to even more uh, as uh, as things start unfolding here. Happy Thanksgiving, and thanks Thank so much you. for the time tonight. Uh, love having you on here. All right. Appreciate it, my friend. Take care. You betcha. Rick Benjamin, uh, great to have on Race Time Radio on our in the future, we're looking to try and get Rick on here even more on a consistent basis. Uh, and can you imagine, Junior, as the season all starts firing up, uh, the input that Rick Benjamin would have? Uh, would, uh, I'd love to have him on here, and I know fans would also enjoy that. Viewers, listeners, it doesn't matter. Uh, Absolutely. It, what he brings to this sport uh, is a different dynamic, and uh, I love his perspective on uh, what all can happen. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's cool. I uh, I, <laughs> I I talk about it a lot. On I, I watch old races on YouTube and stuff. And, yeah, you, know, you love it. I, I absolutely love watching, you know, old um, uh, ASA races and, and uh, Hooters Pro Cup and um, all those all those types of races. And, and uh, you know, he, he's been an ambassador for the sport since back then you mm -hmm. know in the same way he is today and um you know just he's he's an american version of us he's he's a fan that you can tell that he's a fan of the sport right he's not just he's it's not just a job for him it's uh you know the sport is 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 part of him and and uh um you know he he definitely is is connected um within within the industry so it's uh it, he he definitely offers a a a very unique dynamic to uh to any type of media <laughs> uh, when when talking motorsports, for sure. Well, it and, doesn't matter. He he can talk about all 
forms of motorsports because exactly. Rick Benjamin's been part of all forms. Yep. Uh, and that that's the coolest part. doesn't matter whether it's IndyCar or uh, Grand Am or NASCAR or short track racing. Yep. I, next time we get Rick on, I'm going to ask him if he knows Harry Macy. I can almost guarantee you that Rick would have known Harry Macy. But uh, i got a funny couple stories about Harry Macy coming into Sobel Speedway. And I was a new track owner at that time. And uh, he, he would always have his butt going and he'd call me Joey. Joey, uh, and he taught me so much uh, yeah. with midgets and the Can-Am midgets, uh, in, in, you know, like it was just amazing. But we are at the top of the hour, and we've got to throw the keys back to Sirius XM and to Rev TV Canada and to everyone. But we want to thank you all for tuning in here, all live on Race Time. And uh, don't forget, uh, December the 8th, from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, we will be live from PRI, uh, from the PRI show at the Hoosier Tire main stage. And I uh, look forward to bringing you all of that all live on uh, Sirius XM Channel 167. We will be back with you next Sunday night. I will be. Junior won't be. He's going to be uh, moving from where he is now over to uh, his new spot uh, over in Hanover, Ontario. So Junior won't be with us, but... Uh, I'll definitely be here, and Susie Q will have us all hooked up with all of our guests. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We will be back with you next Sunday uh, from 5 p.m. to 7, all live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. Have a good week, everybody. Be safe. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.